Scotty, I have I have every expectation that this is going to work finally. Oh my god. This 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 first attempt is what the French would refer to as a fuck de cluster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, John, uh, we're going to pretend that you've not been missing for three months, um, that that we've not been trying to use WhatsApp, Android, um, and um, Pigeon Mail to try and get an episode recorded for the last however long. And actually, we are just just zooming into this right now. Everything is fine, and you know the continuity is just going to flow. That's exactly what's going to happen, Scotty, because we are nothing if... <laughs> If not all about incontinuity or incontinentality. So, so a first on the agenda for today is where the fuck have you been for three months? Well, Scotty, it's not been three months. Let's let's rewind the clock a little bit. I am pretty sure I did tell you that I was. I think it, it depends. It depends how you count it because you disappeared in August, August, September, October. Oh come on! It's only October first now. <laughs> but it's October, so three months as you've been gone. Fine. All right. So I, I have, I've been in Italy. I was in Italy for, I guess, about six weeks. It was quite the adventure. Um, can I tell you a little bit about it? Please do. Please do. Well, so, um, you know, uh, as as you and, and some of our fractional, fractional listeners might know, I'm married to an Italian woman and we have a child who was uh, is also an Italian citizen. And it's been their custom to spend most of the summer in Italy since forever. Um and this time during COVID and, and shutdown and, and no ability to do anything, all the more so that it's, it was important uh, for our child to have some time with actual human children with whom he could have contact other than just Zoom and, and through video games. So um, they left in the beginning of July, and, and the plan was that I was going to try to join them. And, and it took some doing, but I was able to do so because that is my right as being married to a, a European citizen. Because um, otherwise, Americans are banned from from most of the planet. Um, so uh, armed quite with rightly, a, yeah, quite rightly. So armed with like photocopies of of the child's birth certificate and a marriage certificate and and Italian passports and even an, a letter, a to whom it may concern, letter from the Italian Consul General here in San Francisco, saying that they know that who I am and referencing by my my passport number that I'm married to this Italian citizen and that under this kind of dispensation, I should be allowed to stay in so long as I acknowledge that I have to self-quarantine. So um, after passing, you know, through some scrutiny at the the airport check-in counter in San Francisco and then again in Paris, and then finally when I arrived in Florence, I was granted entry into a world of, of intact society. <laughs> and it, it, believe me, it, it, it felt good. Um, all the way from, you know, taking social distancing and, and mask wearing seriously and, and contact tracing seriously. Um, it felt good. And I had a lovely kind of 12 days of vacation to begin with at a small seaside place called Terrenia, which is just outside Pisa. Um, and it was it was grand, but it also kind of felt weird because I felt bad that, you know, just after I left, all of, you know, California and, and then eventually the, the West Coast just burst into flames, making the air so thick that you had to chew it. And even getting to Blade, Blade Runner levels of, of, you know, sun being blotted out and, and the warmth, you know, the, 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 the whole kind of, you know, fog cycle being disrupted because there wasn't enough ground warmth to be able to create fog cycle and make the wind help carry away some of the smoke. I mean, it was just, you know, ap apocalyptic. 
Um, and so, you know, but after my, my two weeks of, of vacation, then it came time to, to actually work. Um, and originally I'd been planning only on staying until the 10th, but Air France summarily canceled the return flight because I guess they got tired of flying empty planes to the United States since all the French people have, have kind of hightailed it back to France and, and French people and, you know, don't particularly, well, Europeans and most people don't want to come to the United States these days and, and have kept Americans out as well. So it's, it's been odd times. But throughout all that, I found that uh, being able to work from nine hours ahead had its challenges, but it also had some benefits. But you know all about that because you've been living that 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 eight hour. I'm in the future life for some time now, haven't you? Yeah, I've been. Um, I mean, I've been primarily working with West Coast US clients probably since about 2012ish, maybe. Um, so yeah, you know, maybe up to eight years now. So it is, it is just the way I, I work now. I mean, it's been more, I mean, it was a mix, but it's primarily that now. Yeah. So I've got, um, I've got used to it. Um, I have to say, I think it, the difference between eight hours and nine hours doesn't sound much. In fact, it sounds like about one hour, but <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think that, um, that extra hour would probably ruining it ruin it for me um you see i i i you know i i wouldn't do this if i had a um or i find not saying i wouldn't i would find this a lot more difficult if i had a young family if you have young kids who you know need to do dinner and, and bed and everything you know around 6 p.m or 7 p.m or you know something like that um then this wouldn't work for me because i tend to work until 7 30 p.m maybe 8 p.m most days um which means I'm sort of working till 10.30 a.m., 11 a.m. California time, uh, which means I've got sort of... Um, uh, uh, is that right? No. Uh, 8 p.m. is midday, isn't it? So basically I'm working up till the sort of end of late morning in California time, um, which means I have a few hours crossover each day, and we have lost each other. Hello. Let me let me tell you something I have just learned about technology. Okay, it doesn't work. Is we were we were we were on a FaceTime call, and uh, this is just for the benefit of uh, of the occasional listener. Uh, and the occasional is because we're occasional, but not because the listener is occasional. I just I just think about all the people who are on the schedule for the last sort of six weeks, um, and how relieved they've been that there's been no show. <laughs> um, they, but it's their turn. I'm wondering if on the spreadsheet their st- turn still counts, and or whether they have to just all shuffle back. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay, so we're talking on FaceTime um, after a number of abandoned WhatsApp and other forms earlier on, which we might talk about later. Um, and and the call dropped. Okay, so on my on my desk right now, um, I have um, uh, three Mac Minis, uh, one of which is a DTK. I have my iMac and I have a MacBook Pro. Okay, and they all are running FaceTime. So uh, I was talking to you on the iMac, and and then the call dropped. So I thought, I know, I will call John back. So I pressed call back, and my iMac started to call you. Of course, you decided to do the same thing and called me back. So every other one of those machines, <laughs> other than the one I wanted to talk to you on, 
was ringing and showing me your call. But of course, the moment I stopped trying to call you, the FaceTime on the machine I wanted to talk to you on didn't pick up that call. So I had to sit here frustratingly listen to all those machines keep ringing and ringing and ringing because you were very persistent and you weren't going away. Whereas I couldn't answer the call on the one machine I wanted to answer the call on. So there we are. That is um that is that is, that is the joy that just went on there. So there I'm, we are. This is please, amazing technology. Please tell me that there's some surveillance footage of this because I, I love the thought of, <laughs> of, of you just like, fucking stop calling me. I don't want to talk to you. It's like everything was ringing. Everything was ringing. And then I think at one point in that, you actually just tried to ring my telephone and my SIM card is currently in an Android phone. So that oh, started that's ringing why, as well. <laughs> that's why it is. Got it. Holy moly. <laughs> Yeah, there we are. Well, Scotty, in the interest of of making Sam's life slightly less awful than it's about to be, I think that you were talking about something, but now I can't remember. I was talking about the the, uh, working from home and how uh, I work basically till 7.38 p.m. each day, uh, which takes me to sort of late morning California time. Uh, It means all my the team I'm working with at the moment, all the meetings are either booked for 9.30 uh, a.m. or 10 a.m. or occasionally 10.30 a.m., uh, which means they come at the end of my day, but I am in them. Um, and uh, so that's great. So I have all the normal daily connections um, and that and that works fine for me because I don't have a young family. Um, and so finishing work at 7.30, especially as I work from home now, uh, 7.30 p.m., 8 p.m. And then I just finish. I go downstairs, I have dinner and my evening begins and it's and it's all fine. And it really means the, the mornings or the first part of the morning each day, I can choose to not be working or be working on other things. Um, so that works quite well for me. However, if I was to shift that by just one hour to nine hours, so that become like 8.39 p.m., that now becomes not so pleasant or desirable. Um, so I think at, uh, at eight hours, I am on the limit. And if I was in your position at nine hours um, per day, I probably wouldn't be, have done it for as long as I've done it and it probably wouldn't be enjoyable I could probably do it for a short period for a short contract or something yeah but I wouldn't really want to do it and of course the plus side is most of your the rest of your team and that means your managers and and everything else don't come online till sort of like 4 p.m at the earliest my time if they're early starters maybe more like 5 p.m which means that most of my day I'm free to work without being harassed or asked questions so as long as I don't need anything from them, they're actually, you know, it's quite productive only having a portion of the day when people are around to interact with and a portion when they're not. But I said that shift to nine hours, you know, but that one extra hour, I think would screw the whole thing up. So how did you find it? Because firstly, you're not used to it. No. And then, and then secondly, you've got what I've just said in there. So how was it for you? Well, you know, I, at first I was all like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I kind of told my teams, like, I'm going to maintain Californian hours. But what I meant by that essentially was that, because of COVID, you know, I normally would never start working as early as 7.30. But with the, you know, since I was here by myself and there was nothing else to do and I didn't have to get on a shuttle, I was basically working from like, you know, 7 to 3 or so. And then I would I would take off and go take a bike ride in the afternoon and then, then you know, try and enjoy my life in the, in the earlier evening. Um, and I thought I, that would be no problem. But in the, in, in the end, I kind of had to break my day into three parts. And for one part, you know, the, 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 those golden hours when you know, it's 2 a.m. back in California, there's no chance anyone can interrupt you. I found the, I refound the joy of, of concentrated work writing code and, and solved a lot of problems. And we can talk about that, you know, in, in the later portion of this, um, 
But then there would come time the the first you know stand ups and check ins with 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 people f- when I needed help and but then it got to the point where I really couldn't take you know a complete seven or eight hour work day without any type of break. Um, so then I I kind of said all right well I'm going to go have dinner now and 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 spend time with the child before he disappears for his Zoom school because his school started at six p.m. Italy time nine o'clock here. Um, and then, then I would kind of, you know, have some break and then the kind of afternoon meetings, you know, it's pretty common for us to have meetings all the way up until four. Um, and that's kind of the, the, more or less the witching hour for a lot of people if they were taking a shuttle up to San Francisco. So nothing would go after that, but on occasionally there would be, um, and uh, having a a meeting at 1am is not so much fun. So I kind of asked that, you know, gently suggested that, um, you know, it would be great to, to finish up around 11 or 12. Um, and, and people were happy to do that. And the fun thing is, is that, you know, I think I, I'm definitely the first person on, on my direct team to, to do this kind of nine hour time difference. But there were others who have been asking because they kind of want to do the same thing. They have some connections with, with European family in some fashion. And, and, and generally speaking, you know, there are other people who, who have up, upended their lives and kind of come to the Silicon Valley in order to work in tech at a variety of companies and now with COVID and, and remote working and, and kind of the, you know, fuck the cluster that we hinted at about what's going on in the United States now. A lot of people are kind of like, I love working for these companies. Is there a way that I can possibly hang on to my job at work overseas? And that, you know, that's remains to be seen. I think, you know, every company is, is grasping with that. So we are definitely in new days. But uh, the other kind of interesting thing I found in in is that, you know, it, it, it's kind of cool to be able to land in, in, in a place, get a burner sim uh, for for like 20 euros, get 200 gigabytes of, of, of high speed mobile data. That's like unbelievably high speed, like faster than my Internet connection at home. I mean, granted, I have shitty DSL, but even kind of you know, most people's cables with data cap and stuff like that, a good cell, you know, 4G, even a plain 4G connection in Europe is better than a lot of people's home internet. Um, and that's kind of, and, and, and their fiber is more widely available. I mean, fiber is available in everywhere that there's electricity in Italy practically. Um, but that's the good news. The bad news is, is then you try and get a Wi-Fi signal through a solid kind of real wall and not kind of uh, whatever kind of American construction is, is has very thin walls because it's new. Um, and so you, unless you're like right next to the Wi-Fi router, your, your, your fiber connection with near gigabit download speed doesn't, doesn't work all the way, you know, three meters away in the kitchen. So that's, that was been kind of interesting. But the other thing that I found interesting is it just so happens that a project I was working on um, had to do with, with, uh, connecting to um, smart TVs and set-top boxes and and reworking things in order to handle the new changes with iOS 14 with regard to local network access and security. Um, and I don't have a, a, I don't have a TV at home and I don't have a set-top box. Um, and so, it, you know, all my work on this was using a Chromecast through a monitor, but it was really interesting to see what it's like to you know, bring Netflix to an 85-year-old woman, my, 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 you know, my wife's aunt, who was very enthusiastic to have it and has, you know, in her, her apartment in Milan, you know, great, great high-speed wired internet to her set-top box and, and Netflix available on there. Um, and that was very interesting to, to have that whole experience. But uh, I was, because of that, I was surprisingly 
um, more productive for that particular project and learned more about what it's like for the actual, you know, end customer than I would have been here holed up in San Francisco. So that was kind of cool. But I will stop for a second and take a breath, and then I will uh, continue after you get a chance to talk so I can begin my my Apple rant. No, no, I, I want to ask, first of all, I mean, while you were away, and you've talked about just about iOS 14, so iOS 14 was like, you know, oh, it's out tomorrow. Uh, did that affect you? It did. So, I mean, it, just to, to kind of catch people up, you know, the, the you know, one of the, the, the very first thing I worked on when I joined Netflix five years ago was this thing called MDX, which stands for a multi-device experience. It's a, basically a way of controlling a, a, a smart TV or a set-top box from your phone. So the TV or, you know, the set-top box is known as the target and the phone is the controller. And, you know, it's a great feature. And in order to, to, to be able to enable that feature, our app would basically on startup scan the local network and see, hey, are there any devices that we can control? And if so, you know, present the, a UI in the form of, of a kind of little icon which has a recognizable Chromecast icon, um, and you can tap on it and say, here are the devices available. And, and But it would never show that button unless it knew there were devices. So along comes iOS 14 says, nope, nope, you can't have unfettered access to the, the local network for a lot of reasons, and you need to redo everything by basically saying, you know, since we're going to throw up this alert panel that says app x is trying to access devices on your local network are you okay with that um you basically what apple's advice was and it makes sense is only do that as a result of a user action but that upends everything so we would have the the you know the 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 ui there all the time and we have to handle the case with you know are there actual devices you know, or, or you know, it, it can it, it does this work or not? And and in the first case, you kind of have to establish a local network connection. And Apple doesn't have any API for anything, so you just basically have to try and look at the failure. And then if it's if you determine that you can connect to the local network, but there are no devices, then you have to tell people why they went through that process to begin with. And and but on the other hand, if they decide not to to enable network permissions or for whatever reason out from underneath the app, turn it off. Then you have to handle that case, and it was you know really difficult, a lot of work to to be able to get it right, and 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 we did. I think it turned out really well, in fact. And so, but one of the things that this hinges upon is the reason message that you give, and this is this is a common pattern for anybody you know if you've done things like access to the phone, you know, the photo library, or you know, uh, enabling location services. There's a whole kind of UX discussion on this that's been going on for years about things like doing a pre-ask where you can have complete control and, and have cartoons to explain why you want to do these things. We opted not to do it because we figured that um, just tapping on 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 this 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 button, which was could be made pretty clear, and then having an alert panel show up and and being able to control the text that we have. We spent a lot of time saying what what how do we explain to people why we're accessing the local network, and that's really important. And so we got it all working in great. And then, you know, we're, we're preparing all the stuff, testing, 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 getting ready for iOS 14, going through all the kind of build problems that, that, that you have since you have to switch over to a new version of Xcode, blah, 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 blah. And so we think we're, we're going to be ready, you know, and we're just getting ready to submit. And then, and then we're kind of thinking with our best guess, when are they going to ship iOS 14? We, we honestly, you know, were, were shocked. And I think other developers were that they said, oh, by the way, iOS 14 drops tomorrow, which was on a whatever, it was on a Friday, and we, you know, we turn on our new releases on, on, a, on a Monday. So, and, and beyond that, 
there was a fucking bug. Apple, you know, God bless them, and I understand that 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 software is hard and people make mistakes. But you know, in this particular case, Apple has shipped with with iOS 14 a kind of deadly bug that you cannot localize this this string. So you know, the 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 one that provides the reasoning for accessing a local network. So if you say I'm going to provide my own custom message, you do that. And you put it in some base language, usually English, in the info.plist file. And then in the info.plist.strings file, you provide your localized um, thing so that users in other languages can understand why you're doing it. Well, the bug is that basically the localization didn't work. So that you would end up for people running it in French, for example, you'd have some portion of the message, the one that Apple controls, you know, in French. And then the, the reasoning message in English. And so... We had to kind of make the decision, you know, what do we do? Do we, we, we kind of go with our better crafted message in English and all in all locales or revert back to the generic message, which Apple provides that that is localized. And we, we did the, the, the latter and we're, you know, the, the, the bug has been fixed in 14.3, but we don't know when that's going to ship. And if we were to to update our app and provide the localization in info plist.strings and somebody upgrades the version of Netflix, which has that, but they haven't upgraded iOS 14, they're going to get that kind of mismatched experience. So we're kind of, you know, not in a happy way. Um, and there's really nothing we can do about it. But this it's it's kind of annoying because I did put a lot of effort and, and you know, individually and, and we as a company also spent quite a bit of time working through this. And uh, it's we're not the only ones, you know, and, and this has you know been much discussed on on various uh, developer um, you know Apple Apple kind of developer discussion boards and elsewhere. So it's not been terribly smooth. You see, this one is a little confusing because sometimes sometimes you get the feeling that Apple just don't understand the way certain development processes work outside of Apple, and and and, and that is sort of understandable because we, we we all don't understand how certain things work outside of our own context often, unless we've you know been around a bit um but localization is something that apple normally do really well yeah and obviously as you said the the message itself has been localized uh and things like accessibility and localization is one of the things that people always you know praise apple for and 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 ios for so you know is this just you know is this just a mistake or is this like you know um you say it's now been fixed so i'm guessing it was just a bug because it's now been fixed so i guess we all ship bugs so i can understand yeah why it's yeah i I get why it's a real pain to you and 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 caused uh, you a problem in your software but equally it's a bug and it was fixed and it's been fixed quite quickly so i guess we have to give a little bit of slack even though it's quite annoying and you'd want to you want to give a bit of a slating yeah yeah, of course. I mean, yes. I mean, it's it's it, it is. It, it's it's just that it's it's the connection to the things that that it kind of. I, I absolutely understand why Apple need, because they value privacy and and the reality is there all are are all sorts of bad actors, you know, and and so they have increasingly been locking down access. And I think it's really good. I mean, one of the things I I kind of really like about iOS fourteen is when you copy and paste between apps. It shows you, and and that's because you know the pasteboard is public, and all sorts of shitty things have been happening with people kind of examining the pasteboard on a timer to see what's in there. I think that's really crappy behavior, and it's kind of like one of those things. Is this is why we can't have nice things because there are bad actors. So I I completely understand why Apple wants to do this thing. I'm actually all for it, 
And, you know, in this particular case, as, as painful as it was to kind of re-architect the, 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 the user flows, in the end, I think it, it, it's become a little bit, it's, it's become better. Um, but it's, it's like one of those things where you work so hard and then for, for one of a horseshoe nail, the, the kingdom is lost, at least for a period of time. It will, it will all settle down, but it, it's like one of those things where, you know, we, we were, we're not in control. You know, we can, we can prepare for one set of behavior, but if there's a mismatch between the, the, the iOS version, which has the bug fix and, and the version of our software, we're kind of a little bit screwed. But, in, yeah. So that's where we is. I guess this year we do have the advantage of the shipping of iOS 12 and all its new features will be separate from the shipping of the new phones and all their new features. So I guess we get two goes at this, which might be better or it might be worse. Yeah, yeah. Well, speak- no, of course, I- I'm not shipping any iOS software at the moment at all, so um, of my own. So iOS 12 just didn't affect me in any way at all other than install it on my own phone. Um uh, Big Sur is causing some problems. Um, quite often, uh, we're finding if you're building, uh, and it's all beta, so we understand this is going to get fixed. But you know, often you can build against the Big Sur SDKs, and it all looks great in Big Sur, but those things don't look great in because of the change in the 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 UI between Big Sur and what was Catalina. Um, you know, if you build the same code against the Catalina SDK, it looks fine in Catalina, but doesn't look great in Big Sur. You build on the Big Sur SDK, it looks fine in Big Sur, but there's a bug that it's doing something different in, in Catalina. But, you know, it's beta software, so you have to give it a break. You're not quite sure you know, when it comes. You know, when, and, and if they drop Big Sur, you know, with, with one day's notice or whatever, I guess at that point we're going to work out then which bugs are fixed and which ones aren't and which one are going to cause us problems. Um, but we don't intend to ship, you know, day one of Big Sur or anything with Moneywell. We're not going to be assuming... Big Sur comes along at a the normal, you know, um, Mac OS timeline of sort of you know sometime you know, you know, in the fall. Um, yeah, we're 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 going to be at best in beta there with Moneywell. So again, that's not going to give us masses of issues because if you have bugs when you're in beta, that's what a beta is all about. Um, yeah, and uh, so what have we been doing? Well, we've been plodding on. Although I did take a vacation myself, which means you fall behind a little bit with client work. So I had to do more client work so from from my side of things you know my money well progress has been has slowed down a bit it is frustrating the pace we're going at um we we keep getting very frustrated with ourselves that we're still not shipping but at the same time we keep finding things that we just don't want to ship and 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 say well let's sort it out and let's get this bit right and and i think realistically we keep having to remind ourselves it's a balance that you know we took this on with customers who had already been with a product that had been not updated for a long, long time, they are now getting support. They are now getting bug fixes, so they are better off than they were, even though they haven't had some of the features. They are obviously hoping that we would ship quite quickly when we took over. So realistically, you know, any shipping time pressures are ones we put upon ourselves uh, more than anything else. But you know, so we, we try not to get too stressed. But equally, if you don't have some shipping time pressure then we're engineers and this could be something that never ships and finding that balance of putting ourselves under pressure but not to the point that it makes us you know not do good work or get hyper stressed uh you know well actually 
you know, finding that balance is is quite hard. And and we have found ourselves keep moving dates back, keep moving dates back. And I guess there's going to come a point where we we have to say we're not going to move a date back. Um, but then we have to find a reason for it. So shipping, yeah, shipping shipping software when you're responsible for all the decisions is a bit of a minefield because you are responsible for all of the decisions. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so that's uh, uh, going to be an interesting one for us to how we finally resolve that. I mean, we are making progress, um, but not as fast as as we would like. Well, Scotty, my experience this morning in trying to you know, uh, connect with you after, after being away from all this time and having swapped in, you know, a burner SIM is that I, I've now understood that syncing data across multiple, you know, devices uh, <laughs> with different identifiers for you is, is actually really tough. Um, you know, when, and so I, 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 you know, I'm willing to go back in time and be less mean to you after, and be less dismissive of, of the time, um, and 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 frustration that you've probably experienced trying to to get syncing working on Moneywell. Ah, uh, no, you shouldn't. No, all right. No, we 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 we've screwed it up several times. Yeah, we should take responsibility. This, I, I think, the problem is 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 we 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 take an approach. We do a lot of the work, but we find some issues, and then we try we fix those issues. But that raises other issues. And yeah, some some of it is I think. Some of it is we are being engineers, not business people, and we just don't want to ship certain things. That, to be honest, if we shipped it, users would probably never know that we just shipped it. But we are working on the basis that once we ship code that is slightly dodgy and we have to fix it in in future up, updates, that's going to be harder and more risk of breaking people's data. Um, and so, although they might never know now, they might know later on when we screw it up even more. <laughs> So it's trying right. to find a balance of that's going to be really hard to fix in the future. Um, but if we fix it now, that's going to add another month. Um, and and But it will mean in the future uh, we don't have to deal with that transition. Uh, and sometimes it's about transitioning money well to what we want it to be as well. If somebody says, well, we can do that later. Yeah, but we're just about to transition a whole bunch of concepts that people who currently use it aren't used to. And then if we come along in a point one, point two, point three release again and make another transition or something, that's just going to piss people off more. So really, should we do all the transitions that are sort of workflow changing in one go now? So we just piss everybody off in one go, get past it, as opposed to continually keep pissing people off for the next 12 months while we keep releasing transitions. But if we do that now, we've now got to do the work now as well, which means we delay our release again. Um, and I think we've gone, we are pretty much now on the, if we're going to piss people off, let's just piss them off once. Or, or at least piss them off big time once. So that will be, will be, it'll be called, you know, money well, the piss off release. Well, I think you should, you should refer to it as you only get to become a butterfly once. So let's think about it in that well, term. Well, apparently, apparently there are, I was reading this in some magazine the other day, there, there is some form of, fly or something that becomes a fly for a while and then can go back to being um, a, a maggot a larvae and then does it all over again oh wow it's i think it eats it's something like it's really gross it's sort of like it it, it becomes a fly but it has a larva inside it which sort of eats it from the inside out and it becomes a larva and starts again it, it's pretty gross but there we are talking to pretty gross um <laughs> we've mentioned android several times <laughs> yes yeah, why, why why are you why are you having an android phone okay so here we are um a couple of days ago, or about a week ago, I dropped my phone. 
And now I'm still on an iPhone. I, I, I'm still on iPhone 10. Uh, I didn't do the 10s or the 11. Uh, basically, because I didn't feel the need to. The 10 was a fantastic phone, but I had decided that this year, obviously, when whatever comes out, you know, with the 12 or whatever they call it, 11s or whatever, whatever we end up with, um, uh, I would do an upgrade. Probably because we're going to see a form factor change this year as well, because the the 10 form factor has been around for a long time now. Uh, so, of course, normally we would have seen an iPhone event by now in September, uh, but a week ago I dropped my phone and the screen has gone incredibly it still sort of works but it's incredibly unreliable um so i wasn't going to go out and buy an 11 right now or or something now so uh i thought well but i need another phone um i did think about just going out and getting an se but then again that's an se and you know then they're going to release an iphone 12 or something this month and i'm going to say well i actually want one of those and it's a useless phone so we have been talking for a while about on the product roadmap uh eventually doing an android um companion app for money for money well because there are quite a few people who might use a mac but don't use an iphone um none of us in the company are actually android users and this week google released the pixel 4a um uh which is uh well obviously google's own android phone uh, and the nice thing about Google's Android phones is they don't come with all the sort of carrier crap that people like Samsung or whatever put on there. And you know that they will be able to be upgraded to the next version of Android, whereas you can't ever guarantee that with other ones. Some, sometimes they're just stuck on whatever version comes. Um, so I thought what I'm going to do is um, the Pixel 4a is sort of like an iPhone SE equivalent within Android phones. So it's about $350, $400. Um, just runs pure android i am going to use it for a month in october um partly because at the end of the month uh i might have I've fallen in love with android and never want to use ios again or i can just buy whatever's come out this month and we have this android phone as a development phone for going forward but equally by using it for a month if we're going to do an android release i want to you know i i, I don't want to be someone who a company that develops an android app that behaves like as an ios app if we're going to develop an android app it should develop it should behave like an android app so i think that can only happen if i've used android long enough if one of us has used android long enough to say no that doesn't feel androidy yeah. um or whatever it is about it and use enough android apps so i'm going to be an android app uh, android user for uh, the next month i did try this a number of years ago with a uh, a pixel 2 i think it was or maybe it was just the first pixel phone and it wasn't actually as bad as i thought it was going to be but, I mean, I've literally, this phone arrived this morning. It was released today um, in, in the UK. I'm not sure whether it was released anywhere else earlier. Um, so I've set it up this morning, and um, most of the apps I use, um, yeah, such as Netflix and in, in whatever else I've put all on there. And to be honest, when you're in the apps, you, you don't know. probably don't really know, other than the gesture will be what the Android gesture is. But the app itself is there. Um, I have liked the fact that Android immediately recognizes i might have multiple identities in my life and more than one email address and need more than one google account and whatever else and so it takes you through that process whereas you know i do find ios just assumes you have you know an apple id and that is it um uh so yeah so i mean it's too early to, to, to talk about it um but of course we had fun because suddenly i can't do facetime on this phone and we normally talk through my phone so there but so anyway i will be giving you um over the next month uh my my 
Android versus iOS report that you won't even care about, but you're going to get it anyway because someone's, anyway. someone's got to feel my pain. That's true. <laughs> if it's not me, then then it should be the fractional listener. And by the way, can we have a <laughs> shout out to to some fractional listeners? Um, because we, we had more than a few kind of willing to, to, to speak up uh, on, on Twitter, no less. Yes, shout out. Yeah. I haven't, install, I haven't installed my t- the Twitter app yet on, because there's, there's two or three apps I have to replace because they don't have the ones I was using on iOS and not on Android. So I was using TweetBot on um, iOS. TweetBot doesn't exist on Android. Uh, and, and same with a couple of other apps. So I haven't installed my Twitter uh, app on my phone yet, so I can't. Go and have a quick look in, in, in and do the shout out. So you've got to. Well, so our, our longtime uh, friend of the show uh, and Bay Area fellow who I've met in person. I can't remember whether you ever met him in person, but Evan, um, he was reacting to um, talk. I've met Evan, yeah. Yeah, talk of, of, of Zaro Boogs. And, and, and that was that was kind of the state that you would get to for the the netscape project and i and it was nice to, to that a there was someone else who got the reference and also kind of went to the trouble of, of producing some links that talks about it which was really kind of nice and then and i'm going to have to apologize in advance because i hope i i'm probably going to mispronounce the name but adin aiden i hope that's it um who is a a, a developer uh, and accessibility enthusiast in in sarajevo um, had had said, "Hey, where are you?" and and that was the one that really prompted us. So, thank you, fractional listeners, for for taking the time to, both to to fractionally listen and uh, fractionally comment on Twitter. It makes us feel happy. I I I have to believe that I was in a similar to vein to um, our fractional listener there because I think I sent you a number of messages over the last few weeks saying, "Where the hell are you?" Um, only only to discover that your sim wasn't in your phone yes, and therefore true. you know. Yeah, I mean, of course. I, I guess you don't have iMessage set up on your, your on your laptop, so uh, it never came through there either. So I'm trying to say, did you really not get my message, or should I really be feeling totally ignored? Well, so that's an interesting thing. So I mean, <laughs> and with that, we will leave you, <laughs> yeah. the listeners, in in suspense. To are John and Scotty about to? Love relationship about to no mommy and mommy and mommy and oh wait daddy and daddy are not not getting a divorce. Um, no, it was interesting because you know I I I you know part of the thing that I was worried about when when you know planning to to, to work remotely is is I knew that we were going to be moving around a lot and with great fanfare purchased this thing called a Skyrim which is recommended to me as this kind of nice nicely designed and 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 rather nicely built you know, cell, cell-based Wi-Fi router. And the theory is, is that you can just like plop it down, set it up anywhere and just have decent uh, Wi-Fi um, for multiple devices. And he has a camera built into it and so on and so forth. Came highly recommended. The reality is it's a piece of shit. I mean, it's nice hardware, but from, from a product, it, it absolutely sucks because, you know, basically you, you, you can't, you can't change the SIM. So they have whatever, whatever kind of, you know, they can connect to any cell networks out there, but they basically say, you know, get unlimited data for, for whatever, a hundred bucks for a month. But then it's really only unlimited for the first, I can't remember, like the first 
20 gigabytes, which is not enough to be useful. Then after that, they just kind of say that we'll have speed caps for it. And that's kind of absurd because you can, in any country, certainly any country outside the United States, or I think even in the United States, if you're a foreigner, um, you can get like these these 30-day SIMs and they can be renewed and they give you really, you know, fast data for a low price. So, in fact, you know, I got used to tethering and was happy to have, you know, uh, this other SIM. And uh, this was before I discovered the joy of eSIMs. Um, which is another option. Um, and had I known about that, then I wouldn't have had this problem because you can you can kind of keep your original hardware SIM and and allow you to receive messages from from people in iMessage. Not that it's going over cell data, but it just maintains the identity in the network. Once you pop the SIM and put in another hardware SIM, it it kind of Apple doesn't really know what what the situation is. There's no way for you to kind of tell it what what the deal is. And so it basically means that all your messages that might have been sent. Even through iMessage, I which you know most people I, I know with, I, I, I converse with regularly, they have iPhones. And for people who use Android, I, I typically use Signal because it, it works well. Um, and so it means that there, I came home, popped in my SIM while I'm on the plane, all of a sudden, pop, 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 all these messages, mostly of the same things, like where the hell are you? Why are you ignoring me? What you know? Did I do something wrong? And you know, there was there's not there was not a whole lot I could do about it. And then, and then what ends up happening is that you try to kind of reestablish your identity on a phone and it doesn't work. And I was having all sorts of trouble being able to reach you on FaceTime. Um, uh, and it only kind of got settled when I logged out of, uh, out of iCloud and logged back in. And even that process, it keeps saying, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to merge your data? It was, it was just not a fun experience. So I don't know. It sounds to me that uh, Google seems to have, have figured this out uh, better than than Apple has. But anyway, we're we're starting to come up on the time where you have to turn into a pumpkin. So we may have to have we may have to leave some discussion for our next show. I have to be in a daily stand-up in three minutes' time, right. so I guess we ought to finish it. And the next show, actually, John, remind me uh, to tell you because I've been having to um, make use of this new technology. I think it's called. Um, Apple script. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, let, let, t- remind me to tell you all about that. But uh, until next time, John, if people want to get hold of you, I guess they shouldn't bother because you just ignore them. Oh, no, where should they do that? Well, they can find me in the cradle of civilization, Twitter, where I'm Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And if Scotty, if they want to reach you, you know, send a, a, a tweet to you in the dead letter office of your Android phone, how might they do that? <laughs> Well, assuming I can find an Android Twitter app that I'm actually prepared to use, then um, yes, they can get hold of me as Mac Devnet on Twitter and uh, throw your Android sympathies. Or, of course, feel free to sell Android to me. I'm not going to write it off. I've only used it for a morning and I'm not offended. I'm not going to say I'm excited, but I'm not offended. Right, John, it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up, even though we've had the, what did you call it, the um, fuck de cluster uh, of um, WhatsApp and Android and iMessage and iCloud and Macs and Mac minis and um, getting them to talk to each other. But um, we got there in the end and we allowed people to, after many weeks, enjoy the waffle. (laughs) So um, if you've uh, you've been waffleless, Waffle waffle us for the last um, X weeks, and 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 you've been dehydrating from from waffle in your life. I'm glad that we've been able to rehydrate you today. And thanks for listening. And until next time, you take care.